Hello, you beautiful people, and welcome to another fine episode of Jumpcast. I'm Simon Whitlock, and with me, as always, are my terrific co-hosts, Charlotte Harrison. Ahoy! Ahoy! She's back, yes. I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! Get a bit of order back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, it's (laughs) the good times are here again. I'm I'm kidding. Uh, That other voice you heard is my other lovely co-host, Alex Gilston. Alex, how are you doing, man? I'm I'm okay, thank you, Simon. Doing doing good. Good, good, good. Good week, both of you. Um, I say I do that every time, and it just (laughs) like puts both of you on the spot (laughs) to say something. Uh, Charlotte, how was how was how were your two weeks? Because you were you were off last week. Yeah, so I think I've alluded to on the show that my um, daytime job is a secondary school teacher. And last Tuesday we had the phone call, as is known in the industry. The phone call. Uh, the phone call. Where From Alan Sugar. Calling. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up at 5am and go to Leicester Square. No, um, <laughs> the Ofsted phone call. And oh. it was a lot. Like I, I believe my no comment approach will continue when discussing school. But it was a lot okay. last week. So I haven't, when you asked me the question, what have I been watching this week? I've only got one thing I can really share. Okay. Or is it, do I say it now? Because I was just trying to find the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to play for time? Oh, this yeah, yeah. sounds so, so interesting. <laughs> oh, this is so annoying. Right. I watched a really wonderful short on Disney Plus that I really wanted to plug because it oh. hit me in the feels so hard. Oh, here we go. Uh, called 20 something so it's a short okay. it's about 10 minutes long and it's i think pixar studios adjacent by their spark shorts it's oh, on disney yeah. plus um i'm just gonna read the, the blurb adulting is hard one day you're nailing it the next you're a stack of kids hiding in a trench coat <laughs> and i think one of the things i i always thought when i'd hit my 20s i'd feel grown up mm-hmm. but on any one day i can feel like i'm really old really young somewhere in between and very lost and i can't believe how magnificently this short in the space of like nine ten minutes catches that feeling it had me sobbing so i really want to plug that it's 20 something on disney plus lovely i i feel like i've been really lacking on the spark shorts catching up i saw is it called out Mm. yes that's phenomenal oh Mm -hmm. so lovely uh listener if you haven't caught that i highly recommend it um but yeah oh that sounds like one for the list. Almost oh, definitely. Oh, fantastic. Um, Alex, I don't know if you're going to be able to compare with 20-something, but uh, what have you been catching up with this week? Well, I've been catching up with what everybody has probably been catching up with from Friday, and that's uh, season three of Sex Education. Yep, yep, me too. <laughs> I watched it all way too quickly. Way <laughs> too quickly. Um you know, there's nothing about with with Netflix. There's nothing about savoring TV shows. You just you just have it in one big chunk, and then it's over. And then you feel despondent for the rest of your life. <laughs> you're just like, oh, I need season four. So Netflix, if you're listening, <clears throat> um, please make season four. Thank you. Do we know if season four is happening? Because I don't no. know if there's any news no. yet. We and do Netflix not. typically don't do more than three seasons. That's of a true. thing. Mm. And um, I saw a TikTok, um, and it was somebody who was kind of in the area where they film sex education, and they were on the set, like where the the school is, mm-hmm. and um, it was being knocked down. So, yeah, 
Oh. I mean, the kind of I don't want to spoil anything, but the the stuff that happens towards the end of series three kind of makes sense as to why it's happening. But I hope that that doesn't mean that we're not going to get a series four, which I think I think we need. We need it. I think the way that series three ended, it does need like one last hurrah. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I agree on that. And then this other thing, which I have to mention because I got to rep, rep my hometown. I, I'll tell anybody in a heartbeat that I absolutely hate living in Bolton. I do. I do. <laughs> but there's a TV show. Uh, all the episodes are on BBC iPlayer now. It's called Alma's Not Normal. Mm. Um, and it is a comedy show written by uh, Sophie Willen. It's semi-autobiographical. She is a Bolton lass herself. And um, it is set in Bolton. It's all filmed in Bolton, um, in like Halliwell, Heaton, in the Ten Centre. Some stuff's filmed in Manchester as well. Um, and, you know, as much as I dislike Bolton, it made me proud to see my little old town on TV. Aww. I got really nice. bolton accent then, didn't I, when I said that? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> say, I had a little bit of uh, local pride. Actually, funny enough, when watching Sex Education, um, there's... There are a couple of scenes which are uh, shot in Folkestone. And right. uh, yeah, without giving too much away to people who are still catching up with sex education. Um, yeah, there are there are points where they're on a harbour and that harbour is a real lovely spot. And I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, hang on a minute, that's Folkestone. And yeah, I, oh, great. I love it when those things happen. There's almost a feeling that people who don't live in Bolton won't find this as funny as people who do live in Bolton. Okay. Because it really captures how dingy and horrible Bolton is at times. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, just to get away from the Bolton stuff, it is absolutely hilarious as well. So, yeah, definitely watch it because this is great. And am I right in thinking Ben Wilbon's in that from Horrible Histories? He is in one episode. Because I Ooh. saw that still and that was enough yes. to get me intrigued. He's in one episode specifically. <laughs> um, I'm glad plays that the... So go on. Plays a typically off role role as well. Not not something that you would expect him to see him as, but it's yeah, it's fun. It's nice. good. I was gonna say it's nice that um, Charlotte managed to get in on the horrible histories stuff. Yes. Oh my god. I felt so left behind, and also oh no. like I think the greatest metaphor for life is I I felt like I'd aged when I went from fancying Matthew Paynton to Ben Wilbond. I was right. like, I've grown. <laughs> I also just realised that. Um, We've kept it really in the family because oh. Jim Howick is also in Sex Education. He yeah. is. So, yeah. Just the best. Oh, I love oh, them. Love me. them all. Love they them are all. fantastic. That could be our feature, just which is your favourite song? Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. What's your favourite Horrible History song? Oh, my God. Too many. I mean, it's Born to Rule, but... Shh. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's the Charles II song for me. The Prince of Partying. <laughs> Dick Turpin <laughs> all the way. Oh, we could we could be here for the rest of the podcast just talking <laughs> about horrible history songs. So we should probably <laughs> probably move on. Yeah, probably should. Uh, so I so yeah, I've been watching Sex Education as well. Um, again, watched it way too quickly. Uh, I also caught. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. I've never seen it before. Two thousand and one's The Hole with uh, Kira Knightley. And a young, still not very talented Lawrence Fox. 
<laughs> Sorry, that, <laughs> that sentence was a get, gift that kept on giving. <laughs> so, like, let it land. Um, well, <laughs> honestly, I haven't seen it. Um, and I'm probably going to stay away from it as well since Lawrence Fox is in it. So, yeah, he's in it a lot. And by a lot, I mean a lot, a lot. A lot of him? A lot of him. I don't need him, to see that. It, yeah, a lot of him. Uh, I didn't need to see that either, uh, but here we are. So, <laughs> why did you watch it? If we <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a recommendation, uh, and it was on Netflix. So I thought, well, let's put it on on a Sunday night, you know, before vigil, and yeah, it was uh, it was something. So is this a warning not to watch it? I mean, it was fun, fun, trashy, fun psychological thing. It's got like um, uh. What's her name? Thora Birch in it as well as Kira Knightley and and Lawrence Fox and some other guys. So it might you might get some interest from that. It's like early two thousand psychological horror, a uh, thriller I, thing. So yeah, I prefer two thousand and nine's The Hole with Haley Bennett. Oh, is that the oh. Joe Dante film? Yes, it is the one that was in three D and was like for no reason speedy. whatsoever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, no, no relation, sadly. But it doesn't have Lawrence Fox in it, so I mean, exactly. That's a, that's a big plus. So, <laughs> if you want to avoid any Lawrence Fox, uh, then definitely go and not watch the whole on Netflix now. <laughs> anyway, on that lovely note, we should go from uh, one. Well, <laughs> no, can't do that. Uh, okay, let's. Uh-huh. let's... <laughs> I want to know what you were going to say now. No, 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 no. So let's get right into the news. And <sighs> so, <laughs> you guys. Uh, so, <laughs> um, anyway, gather, gather. Uh, well, first things first, we've been told that uh, streaming service Peacock uh, has gone ahead with a TV series adaptation of Pitch Perfect with Adam Devine, Devine, Devine? How are we saying that? I think it's Divine. Divine. Adam Divine is going to be leading the charge. Um, are we excited for this? Wait, so he's going to be in... Is it like a spin-off then? It's set in the same universe? Maybe a spin-off, maybe a sequel thing. Who knows? But after the creator of Pitch Perfect came to us with Cinderella, we've now got a TV show. I mean, this is this is their year, surely. A bumper crop from them. And Elizabeth Banks is on as a producer too. I believe so. Oh, so did she direct one of them? Uh, the she one? definitely did two. She directed two of them, yeah, I think. Oh, she did two one and three, the first yeah. One. Oh, she... did she not direct the first one? I don't know if she did. Do not quote me on that. Citation needed. Citation needed. Yeah. I'm going to find that out now, one sec. <laughs> so, to answer your question, I, I like... The films I have a soft spot for the first film particularly, mm-hmm. um, and Scarlett Austin, just carrying on my listing things I'm thirsty for. But um, <laughs> I, I there's problems I have with some of the comedy, loosely used comedy. Mm, I know what you mean. She directed the first and the second one. Oh well, there you go. She didn't yeah. want to stick around for the third one. Mm. No. No. No, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, if I was her, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
<laughs> I don't know what how I feel about it. I, it it just seems like what's the point? Yeah, they, it had its heyday. It had its like drove of of like notoriety back when the first one came out with you know the cup song and everything. Mm. That's true. Yeah, the and also the gone montage. Oh yeah, yeah. since you've been yeah. gone. And Ben Platt, who you know is uh, aging backwards. <laughs> Benjamin Button style. <laughs> Benjamin Button style. Well, I'm sure the people who have already seen Dear Evan Hansen would completely disagree with you on that one. <laughs> I am so excited. I keep seeing reviews now and I'm like, where are all these people before I went to see the stage play? Because... <laughs> <laughs> I saw a tweet anyway. that was like, um, some executives at Universal are said to be disappointed with the backlash from the the the, the first. Uh, it's like, is that Ben Platt that's, yeah, <laughs> that's disappointed? Some executives. <laughs> <laughs> he got his varifocals out to read the to read the headline. I don't. So, sorry to stay on, dear Evan Hansen. Did you hear that? Apparently, they're going to be doing like a different version for the digital release. Oh, they're well, going they to up in a different actor. No, they're going to de-age him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that will solve all the story's problems. <laughs> <laughs> because, because out of everything that people have said about this film, <laughs> that is the one thing that they think. Yeah, okay, that'll make it better. Yeah. Have you ever had that thing where you like quickly look up the Wikipedia entry for something and then you just remember the experience of reading and really like going, what? That's how I feel about that play. It's the double take. It's, yeah. it's the double take. Well, you know what? I didn't know anything about it, um, really, what? until like the first trailer came out. Right. And then and then that's when I decided to look up the like the story and kind of what happens, and I was like, yikes. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah, I knew nothing going into the play and yeah, I had the same reaction. Everybody else around me was like in tears. And then I was sitting there thinking, what on earth is going on? Oh god. <laughs> what the hell is happening here? But yeah, I I cannot wait for that film to come out. I am really excited in all the wrong reasons. <laughs> anyway, uh speaking of forthcoming films, uh one has already started to make a bit of a splash, which is Dune. Uh, its international box office has actually gotten off to a bit of a decent start in some uh, in some territories. So it's on. Well, it's currently making. Uh, well, it's earned just shy of forty million dollars worldwide at the moment. Um, obviously, there are still many more markets for it to open. Um, but given how so much hope for people who are loving this film and loving the franchise were banking on part two. It looks like it might be happening off this. Is it time to be optimistic? Do we want Simon, to hold how... our sandworms? How... <laughs> no! Oh god! No, like hold your horses! <laughs> I'm gonna faint! Oh my god! <laughs> you don't want to put all... <laughs> Do we not want to put all that spice in one basket? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! I was going to try and make a joke there, but you just ruined it. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, well, we've got to compose. Oh. Sorry, very unfair. I thought that, thought that things were going to get better now, Charlotte's back, but clearly not. This is only the start, Jesus. How does that sound like a threat? What is going on tonight? <laughs> Maybe something's in the water. <laughs> it does feel like it. 
Uh, but yeah, I can't make was... that joke now, and I'm really sad. Oh, well. oh, I'm sorry. It was a bad joke, so we'll, okay. move on. we'll move on. We'll move on. But yeah, um, surely this is good news. For... <laughs> I can't. Come on, we've got to keep going. Yeah, no, I think it is. I Well, even though, as we were discussing last week, Simon, Warner Bros. have been saying that the money doesn't matter, it's more how it performs on HBO Max, right? Yes. I mean, if the money comes in absolute waves, then I don't know if they'll change their mind, maybe? But Yeah, maybe they weren't expecting it to make so much at the moment. Because those numbers aren't stunning, but they're very solid for a film that is proper hard sci-fi. Yeah. The book, I have a copy, is currently my doorstop. I've only got about 10 pages in. I will try again. Um, <laughs> and the, the cast are beloved sort of fan favourites, but it's not one leading its ensemble. Yeah. So I think that's it's positive news. I'm vaguely optimistic, but then the world we live in right now, that means, you know, nothing. So but then I, think, that, on, I, I think another argument is as well, like who, <clears throat> well, obviously I know that it's only one half of the story, but like the general audiences, because I mean, general audiences will only want to part two after they've seen part one, right? Mm-hmm. And do we, do we know whether general audiences are going to like this film? This is what me and Simon were discussing last week. I'm not sure. Yeah, I have no idea from what I know of it. Like the book itself, like I say, it's chunky. But then again, Lord of the Rings was mainstream. And when you look at those books. Uh, yeah, I'd argue that Lord of the Rings is way more accessible than, than June, though, to be honest. In I, terms of I, I, don't know whether, I don't know whether Peter Jackson made it accessible with the films. Yeah. Whereas obviously Denis Villeneuve is a very kind of you know, he's known for his really more inaccessible sci-fi films and, and things like that. But having said he's that... He's more of an auteur. I, say, I will say, though, that Warner Brothers does have previous with auteur directors taking on mainstream big properties with uh, Chris Nolan. Mm, so True, and that, that worked out in their favour, yeah? And that was a point where, like, Bat- well, the Batman series and franchise was toxic as a film idea, because obviously... So many people Bat hated nipples. the Joel Schumacher films. Exactly. I, you know what? I, I will defend those films because I quite like them. But yeah, I, they were box office poison. And obviously, if you're going to try and make a Batman film, it's a fairly big risk, which feels weird saying that now because it's literally, you can slap Batman on anything and people will buy it. But but yeah, so I don't know. Maybe Villeneuve will, will, will pull it out. I wonder if Christopher Nolan used actual bats. <laughs> yeah maybe so just 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 a random thought that came to my head there trained everyone individually right here's your motivation yeah <laughs> anyway uh cool let's let's carry on so uh well we've got another new, well it's a rumor we're in rumor territory here uh, yeah. So let's start with the one which is more solid as a rumour, uh, which is that The Lost Boys, uh, going back to Joel Schumacher, uh, is potentially getting a remake starring Noah Dupe and Jaden Martell, obviously, among others, if that does happen. Um, how are we feeling about this? Does The Lost Boys need a remake? Does anything need a remake, really? Uh, wh- where do we stand on this? 
the Lost Boys is so iconic. Um, in a both good and bad way. Coats amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, special effects. Nah. It's so <laughs> of its time. I don't think it's necessary. Let's have some new intellectual property, please. Yeah. One thing I can't stomach in the film industry are those damn remakes. That's one for the fans. (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely seen The Lost Boys, so I definitely can make a a really uh, informed conversation on this. Who's your favourite Lost Boy? Kiefer Sutherland. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 the Sound of a Man panicked. panicked. <laughs> Just quickly scrolling Wikipedia. <laughs> no, I know, I know that Kiefer Sutherland is in it. <laughs> I'm going to get killed after this episode, am I? Oh, I wow, okay. If you're going down, so are we all. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh god. Okay. Uh but yeah, we're we're staying in uh rumor territory. This one's a little bit more loose, but it does feel like we may have manifested something accidentally in uh, <laughs> in a couple of episodes ago. Uh so Alex, you'll be pleased to know yeah. that uh James Corden of Cinderella fame <laughs> is... Ah yes of Cinderella fame. <laughs> Uh, so James Corden of Cinderella fame, I think he's done other things, uh, is rumoured, and it is a rumour, this is not uh, any big scoop or anything like that, is going to be potentially, maybe, maybe possibly in the Wicked adaptation as Dr. Dillamond. I, I almost feel bad for bringing it up in conversation. You almost feel what? Alex, you almost feel what? I can't do it. I can't do it. I have always, I've tried to do it in the past, and it's yeah, it's, it's too bad. So yeah, no. Um, I right. So Universal, if you're listening, John M. Chu. More importantly, if you're listening, please, please just give us a hail mary this one time. <laughs> this one. That's all I'm asking for. Cast him in. Cast him in. Whatever you want. Just not. Just not wicked, please. We'll be in Crazy Rich Asians too instead. Oh god. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Just thinking of another John M. Tooth coming no, out. No, I'm sure surely Scarlett Johansson will be. Oh, there it is. Uh, um, no, I yeah, no, please don't, because I'm I'm already sad enough at the rumors that um, Glinda and Elphaba are going to be Anna Kendrick and Amanda Seyfried. Like that's sad enough as it is. I heard another one that it might be Dove Cameron as Glinda. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> so you know what? Um, uh, right, Amber Riley is right there. Mhm. Mhm. Come on. Right there. Oh well, we'll move on. I'm sure we'll find more out, more out about it um, in in the time to come. I mean, we've been waiting for it for like ten years anyway. Is there uh, anything else you want to manifest while you've got the chance? While I've got the chance. You have the uh, <laughs> Who um so James Corden James Corden in June two <laughs> <laughs> as a sand uh... <laughs> 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 um uh and and Amy Adams is is gonna win an Oscar for Dear Evan Hansen. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I mean, stranger things have happened. I saw a, I saw a TikTok today. Um. <laughs> 
it was <laughs> it was a video of a sorry this is a bit of a tangent i know but we'll we'll get there anyway so there's this man and he's trying to uh pull a nail from a piece of wood with a crowbar oh yeah <laughs> and um he he like slips the crowbar and it hits him in the head and the caption was Amy Adams's uh, agent trying to get her an Oscar winning performance. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do better, Amy Adams's agents, please. Do yeah. better. I mean, he'll be a he'll be a hillbilly elegy was so close, I think, to to being it. But yeah. Anyway. Um Charlotte, I haven't yet got your thoughts on uh the potential uh, for Corden to enter the world of us. I mean, this news isn't going to be very popular, um, and I really agree. Yeah, that okay. was an attempt at a wicked pun. I like it. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, but I had to very explain good. it, so you know it was really bad. And like, uh, we've spoken about it before. That I'm pretty sure James Corden just has dirt on loads of Hollywood, which is how he gets loads of these movies. Maybe. But you and never know. Secret blackmailer. By the time this comes out, he might have been changed for good. Mm, <laughs> that would be defying gravity, really. Hey. As unlikely as defying gravity. Oh, incomplete. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I've seen Wicked once in the the West End, and I thought it was very nice. Yes. I don't know why it needs a film. I think the stage show. No, it's Charlotte, like it works. My heart. No, it works so well as a stage show. I don't see the point of a film. No, I'd agree. A recording yeah. of the stage yeah. show would be good. Yeah, like a proper, yeah, nationally done one. Yeah, yeah, I'd, a, a film just would be filled with fluff. Mm. Don't need it. Yeah, yeah. I would be. Yeah, I, I am. I do have to say, like, as excited as I am for it, I am like kind of cautiously optimistic. Like, I know that it. It it has the potential of going really bad, but I have faith in John M. Chu. So, yeah, I just after, don't have faith in the casting directors. Yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> uh, yeah, but after In the Heights, I think John M. Chu has the means. He's definitely him. proved his ilk. Yes, absolutely. Mm. I uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, and yeah. yeah, that's. But obviously, that is with the uh, the sea bomb <laughs> lurking, hanging over <sighs> our heads. So. Don't just don't don't say it. Anyway, anyway, let's leave the murky Myers of uh, rumor territory and head into the woods, the wild wood, hey. if you will. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm getting better at these segues, guys. Um, and well, I should say this, this is very exciting news. I I for one am thrilled because we have a new Leica inbound, a mm. new Leica animation. It's called Wildwood. Uh, we know Travis Knight is coming back to direct. Um, oh. I know that. I know that Alex is also incredibly excited after posting it on uh, on his on his Twitter. Uh, so you know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Alex just just go. Be free. I can't <laughs> wait. It's been how many years? Uh, three years. Well, well, yeah, two years actually yeah. since Missing Link. Um. And I don't know how long it will be till we get this because it's only just gone into production. Apparently, they've been working on it for ten years, though this this particular project in some form or another. Um, but yeah, exciting. That does not really much more I can say about it. Travis Knight is brilliant. Uh, he he directed Missing Link as well, I believe. 
Yes. Um, so yeah, can't wait. Oh my god, it's going to be fantastic. And Charlotte, how are your thoughts on this? I mean, we're getting some very promising animations, especially stop motion with uh, Arden coming into the fray again. Yeah, completely. I was also thinking, like, with um, how do I say it? Laker, like Laker, Laker. I think it's Laker. Laker. I overthought yeah. it again, and then I got stuck. Um, their success rate is probably only beaten by Cartoon Saloon yeah. in terms of s- mm. smaller animation studio with such high quality, poignant movies. Yeah, I'm just really hyped. Yeah, I loved mm. Missing Link. I feel like it deserved more love than it got. It's not a perfect movie by any means, but yeah, I remember yeah. laughing yeah. a lot and being really charmed by it. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. We kind um, of got down to the bottom of that, and I don't don't want to plug it, but you know. Oh, we we all we talked about that a lot on Annapurnaverse about kind of its release. Oh, what's Annapurnaverse, Alex? Uh, no, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, um, <laughs> but yeah, no. But we talked about it, and we we kind of the root of the problem there was actually that it was released by Annapurna, uh, co-released by Annapurna, right? Because uh, they have a a long line of issues with releasing films and promoting them. Because when I watched Missing Link for the first time in the cinema, I was by myself in the screen, and it had just come out. Oh, yeah. So, wow. okay, it's really sad. That is really surprising. Um, yeah. I have a feeling this could potentially release on a streaming service as opposed to a theatrical release. I wouldn't be surprised, sadly, but mm-hmm. I'd love to see it on a bit. Like, this is the thing with Lycra's films is that they deserve to be be seen on the biggest screen. Like, oh, they yeah. do because they're just beautiful. They are stunning. I remember. I when I went to see um, Kubo and the Two Strings. Mm. Oh, don't! Oh my god, my favorite film of that year. I think one of my favorite films of the last decade. And so good. It's so good, and I got to see it. I was really lucky. I got to see it on a proper, like, big cinema screen, like the biggest one in the multiplex kind of thing. Mm. And it had a decent turnout as well. I just thought, my god, there's no other way to watch this, is there? Really? Literally, no. <sighs> so they good. Deserve to be watched exactly there. Yeah. Oh my goodness me! I really hope that when this comes out, uh, it gets given that proper treatment because it deserves like like a deserve a proper big screen release. So fingers crossed. Um, but that concludes the news. Unless we well, have any actually, boots. yeah. Well, actually, twenty minutes ago on Netflix, <gasps> Netflix on Netflix, no on Twitter. Oh, it's to do with Netflix. Okay. <clears throat> um, we may as well uh, jump this in. It this seems to be that uh, Netflix is looking to buy the entirety of Roald Dahl's uh, works. Oh. Yeah. So I think they already had a deal with the um, the estate of Roald Dahl to make animated shows out of, out of the books. But it's looking now uh, like they are going to be making an acquisition of the whole damn thing. Good Lord. Uh, it will be net- one of... Netflix's biggest acquisitions to date. As I wonder well. if this will include the um, the Wonka prequel with Timmy Chalamet in it. Maybe hmm. it possibly could, um, but I assume that will give them bigger scope to make maybe more live action things, just a bigger variety of stuff. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. Well, only time will tell. I think. Unless Charlotte, do you, how do you feel about the uh, the whole Roald Dahl back catalogue getting another run out again? It's funny. I, if you'd asked me, I, I wouldn't have an opinion. But now I'm really thinking about it. Yeah, I'm not thrilled. 
Yeah. I, I think Roald Dahl was a complicated man, as we're finding yeah. out, like more and more in yes. recent years. Yeah. Um and I know the stories are magical, people have a soft space in their heart for them, blah blah blah. But I I'm I, I must admit, maybe it's my ennui with the universe right now, but can we have a new you yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree with you, yeah. Charlotte. Honestly, I do I do love the stories, but yeah, I, I think we are like we're we're in over it mode, I think, now because like we've, we've had so many big Roald Dull films as well, recent like in very recent history. Hmm. We've had it all in some aspect or another. Like we've even had James and the Giant Peach in stop motion form, so Oh yeah. Which is a film which is phenomenal. Very, very much love. Yeah, so, <laughs> I was very careful you were going to slate it then, and I was going to be a bit cross, but no, that's good. Uh, no, no, I love it. Yeah, I love okay, it. Good, good, good. Um, but yeah, no, I think yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Keep an eye on it because whether it be TV series or films, I mean, we're probably going to end up covering it at some point. So yeah, let's see what happens. Um, cool. So that was the news. Uh, unless any last little breaking bits. Nope, that nope. that is it. That's the lot. Okay, well, shall we move on to films that we definitely know are coming out and uh, talk about some of last week's trailers? Yeah, baby. Let's do it. Yeah, baby. So let's get straight into some trailer talk. And uh, well, first of all, let's let's start with a big one. So we had our very first look at Guillermo del Toro's latest gothic noir adventure uh, in Nightmare Alley. Uh, this is so, I mean, the cast on its own would be so, would, would just sell it on me to, to me regardless. But looking at it, it looks absolutely beautiful. Um, Charlotte, you had a chance to catch this as well, I'm hoping? The trailer? Yeah, oh yes. my goodness. I didn't realise the trailer was going to drop when it did, and then I didn't realise what the trailer was of, who it was. I just, I want to meet him so bad. He's yeah. so talented, and he seems so lovely. Uh, he does. He, he once really does. retweeted a picture of me and my best friend on the red carpet at BFI for Shape of Water screening. Oh. So I feel like he, he, that's the sign that, yeah, I'm in his good books. <laughs> from that one <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I'd take it. That's a good end. And yeah, this is this correct me if I'm wrong, this is his first feature since Shape of Water, no? I would believe so, yeah. He was linked to that um horror movie anthology. Do you remember the one? Scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Did he produce, I wanna say? I think he did. He did, yeah. But this is the first of them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh I mean, well, Alex, how are you feeling about this new del toro oh yeah very excited um cannot wait and it'll be i think three years since the shape of war since his oscar win three or four yeah something three or four years um releasing it at the perfect time and he knows exactly what he's doing (laughs) Um, because i feel like it, it could be a strong contender again um it seems as though hollywood and the academy love his uh, his quirkiness and his um you know just his brand of of cinema um absolutely and yeah it, it looks great can't wait oh yeah and i must say especially that uh his efforts to 
uh, capture the this is fine meme in celluloid <laughs> is <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about it's the uh, image right at the end of the trailer uh, where he's uh, where you got your man uh, Bradley Cooper sitting in a very warm room uh, yeah I'm here for it so that is uh, a Christmas release I believe December 17th yes going up against the big one yeah, it is actually. Yeah, damn. So, Which one's the big one? Oh, Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah. Also, West Side Story is that Christmas? Yeah, it that is. is also Christmas. Good lord, we've um, also got another one at Christmas, which we'll talk about later. Um, blimey, uh, that is like oh, God. We are truly blessed with some big, big films. Um, one which is coming out much sooner uh, is well, some people have already seen it, and it's had its last trailer, I believe. To, uh, before release, which is Halloween Kills. Michael Myers is back and he's hankering for some shankerins. Uh, he he's just wants to murder people. So <laughs> um, has, this, has this sold you after watching the 2018 Halloween? Anyone? No? Yeah, Halloween. It, 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 it's, <laughs> it's doing what it says on the tin. Yeah. I didn't want to fully reply there because uh, to say that I've seen the entirety of the 2018 Halloween would be a lie. So, <gasps> how yeah. so? Well, I I never, I actually hadn't seen the original Halloween at this point, but it was 2018 now, right? Halloween came out. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, so I work at a cinema, um, and at the time, our cinema specifically ha- had an electrical fault. Oh no. Um, in, which meant that we had to close basically. Oh. Um, but what what the thing was is that we couldn't. The people who were already in the screens watching films, we couldn't just go in halfway through the film and tell them, "No, you're not watching the rest of the film." <laughs> um. So, basically, the electrical fault was to do with the emergency lights that you know help you when you're walking out of the screen during yeah. the film and things like that. Um, and they had turned off. So they had to send a staff member to each screen that was still running um, to sit in there while the film finished and then to help customers leave. And I was one of those people. And the film that I went in on was Halloween. But it was only the last half an hour of Halloween. So, yeah, I know what happens at the end. (laughs) I was going to say, if you want to know what happens at the end, just watch every trailer for Halloween Kills. (laughs) <laughs> very true yeah because it doesn't shy from telling you exactly what happened <laughs> yeah i don't know i'd probably watch it i need to watch the 2018 one fully first but yeah no i'll definitely watch it hmm. and uh charlotte do you have any fondness for michael myers and his wacky antics <laughs> oh that crazy guy what is <laughs> he like what's he gonna um, do next what really impressed me with the trailer i was thinking about this in terms of his ability just to stand there and be menacing mm. as a teacher, like goals. <laughs> Is that going to be the secret to success? Just get a William Shatner mask, turn it inside out and just stand at the front of the class. Saying I'm, I don't need the mask to be honest. My teacher's there is pretty decent. Oh. I've got a year seven form group and I think they're a little bit scared of me. So you've got your Paddington hard stare down pat. Oh yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I say, I'd love to see uh, Michael Myers go up against that. I think it'd be a force to be reckoned with. 
Um, if I can teach a class of year 11 boys and inspector calls, I can do pretty much anything. <laughs> oh, okay. That's honestly, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, some someone less, uh, less, less terrifying and intimidating than uh, a teacher who's had to put up with the year seven group. Uh, you can see him getting up to all sorts on October the 15th. Uh, going up against the usual Jamie Lee Curtis et al. Um, so we have next, uh, let's do a couple of A24s, shall we? Um, so first of all, we have one which has become a little bit of a festival darling, uh, The Humans. Uh, so this is uh, based on a play. Uh, the cast is absolutely stacked. With I feel like we're saying that a lot this time around, but my gosh, people are absolutely clamoring for these films so you've got richard jenkins you've got um stephen yun you've got beanie feldstein uh, you've got amy schumer and many more people involved there um alex how are you feeling about the humans having seen the trailer here it looks great it looks really interesting and i'm i don't know whether i'm loving or hating uh this little uh make films out of plays stint that hollywood and et al have got going on at the moment but you know i'm along for the ride yeah yeah and it's gonna be great i think i think it looks good nice and uh charlotte what are your lasting thoughts on uh really strong trailer uh it looks profound uh but sort of gently profound it feels like an oxymoron Mm -hmm. but yeah i'm I'm here (laughs) for it i i mean i'm i'm like gently, prefer- yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, no, this does look very nice. We don't have a UK release date yet, um, but it does seem to be doing the festival rounds. Um, so who knows? Maybe soon. Uh, one that we do know is coming out and is also doing the festival rounds. I was going to say this to the end, but I'd want to talk about it now. The tragedy of Macbeth, the Joel Cohen solo directorial effort. Um, again, with an absolutely packed cast. Um, to name a couple, you've got uh, Denzel Washington as the as the King of Scotland, the Thane of Cawdor, the Thane of Glams, whatever you want to call him. Uh, Francis McDormand as his wife. You've got Brendan Gleeson. You've got um, Harry Melling. You've got Ralph Innocent, I believe, is in this at some point. I mean, blimey, guys, another one, another big one. Inject it into my veins. Oh, yes. Yes, please. Yes, yes. And this is going to be closing the London Film Festival. Uh, I believe it's also playing the New York Film Festival. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's doing the rounds in all the big places. <laughs> and I have um, the best news about it. Oh. Running time of one hour 45. <gasps> oh, oh yes. tasty. Yes, yes, yes. That's okay. so good. Oh, my God. Thank you, Joel Cohen. Thank you. Thank Thursday. you. He doesn't need to kill any cousins or whatever to be named king around here. So It seems that Macbeth will have time to die. <laughs> oh, that's so soon as well. I booked my tickets the other day. Oh, did you? Oh, my I gosh. Did. And that's two hours 45, I believe. That's two hours <sighs> 45. Yeah. So you can watch the tragedy of Macbeth and then a little bit of the tragedy of Macbeth <laughs> in that time. <laughs> uh cool well um so that's another christmas release um one which isn't but really should be 
is quite aptly titled A Boy Called Christmas. So this comes out uh, in November, but we're looking at, uh, it looks like the prequel, uh, the origin story, if you will, of Old Saint Nick. Um, Charlotte, what are you, how are you feeling about this? This looks very cheery, Christmassy. First of all, I think stuff. there was some unintentional judginess in what you were saying. So the release date is 26th of November. Are you implying we're not celebrating Christmas already at this point? Um, is your tree not up? Are you not hyped? I, okay. I'm, you know what? Because I know there are a lot of people who are going to be very harumphy and very curmudgeon about this. Um, I know that, you know, a lot of people won't start Christmas by that point. I probably will have my tree up by then. <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah, certainly be whacking out the uh, the big tunes as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm quietly looking forward to quietly. God, that's an adverb. I'm using a lot today. Oh. I'm looking forward to um, this film because I liked Christmas Chronicles a couple of years ago. And I think there's been a real lack of family, mid-budget, lovely Christmas films. Uh, did you miss Jingle Jangle last year, I Charlotte? Apologize. I I meant to include that as well. Is it like oh. having a resurgence? Yes. I'm happy and I'm here for it. Say, yeah. I, partic- I, I thought one was particularly fond of Noel, the Anna Kendrick one. That yes, that was very good. Mm. Yeah, surprisingly very good. And yeah, this looks really sweet. I, I well, it's it's coming out, I believe, on Sky as well um, as on cinema oh, as in cinemas. So I think it is just Sky, isn't it? Oh, is it just Sky? Just Sky original. Oh, it might be doing what Gunpowder Milkshake has done and kind of uh, have a bit of a similar yeah. release. But who Maybe. knows? We'll find out come the twenty sixth of November, as we all know, <laughs> the middle of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh oh my gosh, we have got so many trailers to talk about, guys. Um, we might have to <laughs> be very tight on everything else. But um, cool. We are on the home stretch and let's talk about a mouthful of air. Uh one which looks particularly weepy, let's just say. Uh so you've got Amanda Seafried, you've got Finn Wittrick uh playing a couple with uh Wee Babby and well the trailer suggests that things get very sad from there. Um, who wants to? Who wants to give their take on this first? It it just looks like your generic, sad, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, initially when I saw the trailer, I wanted to be able to say like, "Isn't it good that we're getting representation of mental health on the big screen?" Discussion of it. But based on the trailer, it still feels like a very sanitised version of what anxiety and depression is like. Yeah. yeah. And it's depiction. I, I was uncomfortable with it, to be honest. Yeah, I know what you mean. It feels very hallmarky in like the wrong ways. I don't know. Mm. I'm a bit... And again, reserve judgement until it comes out. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about this one. Again, we don't have a UK release date just yet. Uh, but when it comes out, I'm sure we will be discussing it. So keep your ears out for that one. Um, next up, we're going to try and get through these with some speed. So uh, next up is uh, a very interesting Netflix film, which I believe had its trailer out today of day of recording. Um, Passing. So this is a Tessa Thompson, Ruth Negger, et al. film uh, directed by Rebecca Hall. It's a first directorial effort. Um, so this is a really interesting trailer. And I don't think the penny dropped for me what this was about. Uh, until about halfway through and then I just kind of went oh oh that's what oh okay 
Uh, did either of you have that reaction or am I an absolute idiot? Um, Charlotte, feel free to completely invalidate me. <laughs> I'd read a really fantastic book called The Vanishing Half by Britt Burnett fairly recently, within the last year, which is about that idea, the notion of someone who is of mixed race or black background passing in society. Mm-hmm. And it's about twins. It's a really amazing book. I really recommend people read it. Um, and I think this film looks really intriguing. I'm really excited for it. She wrote Rebecca Hall wrote it as well, I believe, is directing it. Oh wow! Okay, and I really love her. I feel like we don't talk about her enough. Yeah, she was great in the Night House, mm. which I still haven't seen. I'm oh my gosh, I need to fix that. But yeah, this looks so exciting. Uh, Alex, what are your what are yeah. your thoughts on? Passing? No, it looks really. I d- I didn't know anything about it apart from the fact that it's showing at London Film Festival. Um, and it wasn't I d- it wasn't actually on my radar. Uh, but now it is uh, definitely. It looks it looks really compelling, really good. Yeah, very intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, am intrigued to the max for this one. Uh, oh god, that sounded so insincere. Um, but no, no, no. I'm really excited by this. Uh, really excited to see a direct a directorial debut, especially from someone who's uh, been so interesting uh, in the acting career already uh, as Rebecca Hall. So yeah, bring it on. Um, so as you said, Alex, that's going to be at the london film festival it comes to netflix at the beginning of november november the 10th so mark your calendars for that one uh and last but not least so we are at the finally reached the end of this trailer talk which i feel is longer (laughs) than most things we ever do on this podcast um there's just so many trailers i can't move for how many trailers there are we can't move for them and to be honest this isn't even all of them we had to make an executive decision to get rid of at least one of them which was the beta test. Uh, so we're not going to be talking about that, but we are going to be talking about, uh, last but very, by no means least, uh, the new Apple movie, uh, Finch. This has got everything you need to feel sad. You've got Tom Hanks playing a dying inventor. You've got a charming robot. And of course, you've got a fluffy little dog. <laughs> oh my God. If you can't tell... I'm already fairly interested in this film. <laughs> I think we found the the film's biggest fan already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Oh, he's a lovely dog. Oh, okay. it does, it's going to be a, a heartwarming one. Potential Good. tearjerker. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I already feel like that's going to be the case. Um, Charlotte, how do you feel about Finch? Do you feel like you're going to be with me? Kind of going a bit mushy over the cute doggo because I feel like that's where I'm already at. Yeah, I reckon so. Um, <laughs> we spoke before recording about just like how insane the budget looks for this, as with oh, all yeah. Apple TV things. Yeah, um, absolutely. And um, yeah, like the, the effects work on this looks absolutely beautiful. Um, almost as convincing as the CGI for Brett Goldstein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who just won an Emmy? He did win an Emmy. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Brilliantly, so well deserved. What a man. His speech Love is just it. excellent and very on brand for Roy Kent. Yes. Oh. He's here. <laughs> He's there. He's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, okay, let's let's uh, let's move on. Um but that was trailer talk. Oh, and Finch comes out on the fifth of November, so you can remember remember that date without fail. Um but yes, so those were all the trailers. 
I feel like we've been talking for hours already before we've even gotten to the reviews. My word. But before we do crack on with that, we do have, of course, to mention our wonderful patrons. Charlotte, take it away. Thank you very much. So, as we say every week, uh, Jump Cut couldn't do what it does without the support of its patrons. Uh, patrons? Patrons? Um uh, who help commission the work and help support uh, new writers and established writers. It's fantastic, the work that they're able to support. So we just want to say a big thank you to them. So it's Chris Wilson, Enon Films, Robert Denny, Daryl Griffiths, Sam Luck, Orla Smith, Peter Hodgkins, Andy Meekin, Fabi- Fabiana Rossus, Hamish Calvert, Martin Richmond and Manuel Bento. Thank you very much for supporting all that we do. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Uh, please do keep supporting us. And if you're interested, yeah, just give it a look. Uh, it's like we've said before, like a few coffee coffees a month. That's it, really. Um, but yes, yeah, so let's crack on to some new releases. And well, there aren't that many this week. Um, we the guest people are just building up for the big ones as we get into as so many people insist on calling Q4 of this year. So we do have some interesting features to get through, though. So first of all, let's talk about what everybody's talking about, which is everybody's talking about Jamie. Uh, Guys, I'm sure you've been talking about it as well. I mean, everybody has been talking about Everybody's talking about Jamie. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I have. Great. Um, uh, <laughs> so, have you been talking about Jamie? Have you been talking about everybody's been talking about Jamie in uh, in a good, in a positive light, or uh, do you wish? Are you are you not? Are you are you a little bit disappointed? No, I I adore it. I think it's such a wonderful film. It's such a ray of light in um in a kind of I suppose like weird era of cinema where everything seems to be a little depressing. Um, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Love it. Pure unbridled joy. Ah, oh, fantastic! I yeah, I can't lie. I absolutely adored this film. Um, so for those of you not in the know, if you're not one of those who are talking about Jamie, of course you are because everyone's talking about everyone's talking about Jamie. Um, it's the musical which was an absolute smash on the West End uh, about a Sheffield boy who becomes a fantastic drag queen uh it's a true story as the film starts by saying uh this film actually happened we just added some songs and dancing to it so <laughs> which is a fantastic opening um and yeah it's basically the story of um well jamie of uh of, of the title uh finding his identity uh in a well fairly harsh uh fairly unfriendly at times uh life uh in year 11 of sheffield uh so one of us managed to go to the premiere uh in all their splendor um charlotte how was that oh it was very exciting so i was my friend clarice's plus one so it wasn't me i wasn't invited but you know if anyone else wants to invite me to premieres (laughs) i look excellent in a floor-length dress um we arrived uh clarice took my photo on the steps not on the main carpet because i suddenly got panicked because you know taking up room um and we walked past bimini from uk drag race and we lost our collective minds and then we saw lawrence cheney later on 
We saw Lemon, I think. We're, we're near certain we saw Lemon, lemon. from Canada's Drug Race. Oh, wow. I think they're over here for a project at the moment. Uh, we mm-hmm. saw the producer, mm-hmm. is it MNEK? MNEK, yeah. M-N-E-K, yeah. Yep, looking stunning. Um, so we walked through the pink carpet for a little bit. And then <laughs> Excellent. We sat down at Royal Festival Hall, which, by the way, is a fantastic venue because I think every seat is really decent. I was thinking ahead of London Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a screen up where it had all the commentary on the pink carpet and the outfits. And we just sat there, just living our best lives. Uh, and then the feeling came on and performed the um, titular song, Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Yes. Oh, cool. Because the uh, lead singer is the composer of the music. Oh, really? For everyone's talking about Jamie. Yeah, Dan Gilseppi, I want to say his name is. Okay. Um, I've seen the stage show twice, so I was very excited for the film, but also cautious. Um, because when you love something so much, you know, it's, like we talked about with uh, Wicked earlier, you, you get kind of worried, how's it going to adapt? I'd say for the most part, it's a very solid adaptation that was really joyful and I really enjoyed. I particularly... Have either of you seen the stage show? I've no, not, unfortunately I not. Ask how it... I, had the, I had the chance to, but we missed it. Right. So, very sad. Because there is one major difference in one of the songs. Um, uh, what's her name? Loco Chanel? Yes, Loco yes. Chanel. Her song is different. In the stage show, it's more of a kind of camp um, backstory for her character. Whereas in the film, I don't want to spoil it too much, it's different. And it adds such poignancy to everything, I think. Yeah. That was a really nice yeah. move. I, um, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because usually when they, when they change things um, in, mus- mov- in mus- movie musical adaptations, it's generally for the worse. But I'm I'm glad that you could draw that comparison because I loved that whole sequence. It was just beautiful and um such a a moving tribute as well to mm. to yeah. the, the community and yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely loved it. Yeah. I I was the same when cuz the song I believe was called This Was Me. Um and yeah, I with that whole that montage of of uh history I, in fact, I'm doing it now. I was in absolute floods of tears. I was o- overcome. Like, it's so well done. I, I, it's, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yep. Very yeah. much so. It's really um, phenomenal. But yeah, I mean, you know, barring that, it is just an absolute, like I said, it's just an absolute bundle of joy and it's just so. It's just fun. It's just fun. And yeah. you know what? As a person who is part of the community, as part of the um, Alphabet Mafia, so to speak, um, if I had a film like this as I was growing up, like it, I can't even begin to imagine how important it is to have something like this that is readily available to just watch on a streaming service. Yeah, that you don't have to go and monumental. Yeah. rent the video. You don't have to be associated with it. You can watch you can just it. watch it in the comfort of your own home by yourself, as locked off as you feel comfortable being, mm. and just be able to see yourself represented on the screen. Yeah, 
it's just it it's really really massive it's just massive um i must say and this is i mean this is like a really minor uh thing but i, I think maybe it does um kind of brush over some of the issues that jamie faces quite um quickly and easily mm. um but whether I'm an, uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm annoyed at that because it's not really what the film's about. It's not what the story is about. Mm. Um, but I would admit that, like, maybe you know, seeing the the irredeemable father character getting a redeeming moment might kind of um, strike a chord with some people where you know things aren't as as easy as that. And as, and the same with the kind of the school bully thing as well. I but, was really worried where the school bully thing was going to go. Yeah, and I, I'm not surprised because, I, I, like I said, sh- to you know, Charlotte, I haven't seen the stage show, so I didn't know how it how it ended up, and I was I was unsure of what the plot was. But I did kind of see myself going like, "Oh, okay, that that's where that's what they're doing with the ending of that storyline." But again, just minor, really, for me. That's not really kind of a massive deal. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think like there are some like not only is the story fantastic and the songs are great. I think there are some really terrific performances in here. Obviously, we've got mm. um, we've got Max Harwood as Jamie. I think it's his first role. Yeah, him and the woman playing his best friend. It was their Lauren first role. Patel. Lauren yeah. Patel. She's so good. Mm. Mm. They both are phenomenal. Absolutely oh, great. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, um, well, one person we should mention because they are going to come up in another film that we're going to be talking about, uh, Ralph Innocent, uh, who plays that father role. Like, he does those very harsh, unsympathetic characters so well. Obviously, uh, the, the first big one of those being uh, in The Office when he was playing Chris Finch and just playing that's an absolute, well, a word we can't use on this podcast. We probably can. But, a Grinch. Know, for decent- yes, exactly. Yes, I like the reference. Um, but yeah, so he plays that here again. And like you said, Alex, like the 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 worry I had was that there was gonna be the redemption arc and everything else. And obviously not to give too much away at this point. It was a relief that it didn't go that way. Like this this show, or at least this film, felt particularly like there are some bits where, you know, you know that it's not a sad depressing musical it's a very uplifting very empowering musical and you know exactly where this is going to go by the end of it but there are some points where i did think oh that's very interesting that they didn't do that narrative direction yeah very much so i will say though in terms of the musical numbers i was thinking about this earlier with um wicked that when you think of in the heights and how it used the camera and the cinematography to film the musical numbers. Yeah. I do feel like they could have done more with that here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't to criticise it. Like, maybe. I don't, I don't know quite what I'm getting at, but I feel like they could have been shot more inventively in terms of if you're shifting it from the stage show, it felt some of those were taken straight off the stage show when yeah. you've got this potential of cinema. I, they weren't massively cinematic. Some of them, not all of them. Yeah, you almost want to be like completely in a state of suspension of disbelief, and maybe it didn't go far enough. Yeah, could have gone, could have gone further and all in. 
Yeah, even more fantastical. Mm. I uh, I must also, uh, you were talking about performances, uh, both Rich D. Grant and Sarah Lancashire as well were both uh, phenomenal in their own right. Um, yep, absolutely. I was kind of worried because obviously I knew about the show and about the characters of the show before going into the film. And I, when I heard that it was Rich D. Grant who was playing the role, I was kind of really... Well, yeah, I was really worried that like, they'd chosen him specifically um, because that um, that character is notoriously played by, you know, some big some big drag queens on the circuit, like uh, Bianca Del Rio's played that character on the, the West End. Um, so Shane Ritchie. Shane Ritchie is currently playing uh, that character on the tour, I believe. Um, mm. So, yeah, so I wasn't sure how, how I felt about it, but he proved me wrong completely. Really good. Really, really good. Hmm. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I think he was fantastic in that film. And like he he does what he always does in these films and just goes all in. Like he does mm. not give a phoned in performance. I don't think I've ever seen him do so. Hmm. Very much so. But yeah, it's um I yeah, I think that is um an endorsement from all of us. I certainly hope so. Yeah, 1,000%. 1,000%. Excellent. Well, that was Everybody's Talking About Jamie. We can't keep talking about Everybody's Talking About Jamie because everyone's talking about Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Um, (laughs) Oh, God, my tongue is twisted. Uh, But one film, uh, one other film which came out this week is Gunpowder Milkshake. Uh, So this one is one which has, like Jamie, been kind of pushed back and pushed back. um, And ironically, nobody is talking about it. (laughs) <laughs> that is that is the that is that is true um but you know we will we will hold up the uh the 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 standard for this one and and you know say what we can about it um so again to give you a little bit of plot before we get into this so this is uh, a film about a young assassin uh played by Karen Gillan who is estranged from her mother, uh, from a mother who play, who's played by Lena Headey. Um, and she takes it upon herself to save a girl during a job gone wrong uh, from other rival assassins. Uh, this is, a, uh, I believe, a, well, it's a France-UK co-production. Um, it's gone on to Sky here. I believe it's in Netflix in some places. Uh, in the US, and it's in Studio Canal in France. So it's getting an interesting release across the board. Um, guys, what did we think about Gunpowder Milkshake? Charlotte, what did, did what did this do for you? I remember seeing the trailer, and I think it was around the time they said that it was going to go straight on TV streaming services. Mm. And I thought, that's really disappointing, because you've got these incredible women kicking ass. I was disappointed. And then I saw it at home because I couldn't make it to a cinema screening. And I was so bored. I was so glad not to be in a cinema. <laughs> oh my God, Charlotte, <laughs> literally same. I watched this with uh, some friends. We have film nights every week or as meant as, you know, as every week as we can. Um, and we were like, well, it's out. We've waited for it. We've waited longer because it came out in July in America. Um, and we were so hyped for it. It was one of my most anticipated movies of the rest of the year. And my God, it is so boring. Yeah, like I've sadly. Said bef- 
So go on, go on, Charlotte. Like I've said before on here, like I'd rather a film be ambitious than boring. Hmm. Um, like it tries something new, but this film felt so try hard with what it was trying to do that it just it repulsed me. If I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah. I said this on Twitter. Um, in reply to to somebody, kind of saying that it gets so bogged down with trying to step in the foot to step in the tracks of its inspirations that mm. it forgets to pave its own way and make its own tracks and it just becomes a weird shell of a kind of fan thing that you know maybe somebody who likes John Wick would have made or you know it just like somebody maybe skimmed over Atomic Blonde and went I want to make a film now I don't know it's just like yeah it's really strange yeah. Considering that I was so excited for it. Oh my god, I, th- I feel exactly the same. I'm glad I'm not alone on this. It's, yeah, really shockingly dull. Like, I, because you, like, you have that setup, and you have, like you said, Alex, those influences from which it draws, and sometimes cribs entirely. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it just doesn't do anything with it. Like, you have people like Michelle Yeoh, uh, Angela Bassett, Carlo Dugino. G- Eugenio? Yeah, I'm going to say that. Um, in these roles, and Lena Headey as these meant to be kind of like a sisterhood of assassins. And then you wait for about an hour and a half. And it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> it's like, when do they get to the fireworks factory? Like, they, they never, ever, ever do anything particularly interesting. And when it looks like they are about to, the choreography for it is so, oh, so oh, tedious. I was going to say that. So. You know, because so you get to the scene in the bowling alley, and that yeah. this is kind of like it's been on for half an hour at this point or something, and you're kind of like, right, this is the the first big action scene. You know, she's going to absolutely wreck these men right in front of us, and I cannot wait. I'm going to be snapping my fingers, like so excited. And then the choreography started, and oh, it just felt so wooden and blocky, and yeah. And I don't know whether the church scene from Kingsman has ruined fight scenes <laughs> for me, but it was particularly bad. And I could almost cope with not brilliant action if the rest of it was okay. Mm. But the tone is like semi-ironic, and all I could think about was Hotel Artemis, which I don't feel like gets talked about enough, that film, mm-hmm. because the world building in that was insane, how it created this universe this dialogue this code and it really worked whereas here i was just like shut up with your library this metaphor doesn't work give me clean books yeah it was there was a point where i was watching that and it was particularly that point where they're in the library quote unquote where i did think is this a parody like is this like them making fun of the mythology and the world building of things like like that and like john wick i just felt Mm. like are they are they just like trying to poke fun at it? But it never felt at any point like you were meant to be in on a joke. If it was, mm. there's only one cool thing that I remember happening. Well, one properly cool thing that I remember happening in that movie, and that was uh, Michelle Yeoh using the weight of a man to uh, repel off the balcony of the library. That's mm. literally the only cool thing I remember happening. Which, yeah. fair enough, 
did outweigh most things that happened and it was like really awesome, but it wasn't enough to... I say, yeah, there are some moments of kind of entertainment and invention here. So uh, one point for me where I did think, oh, this is this is interesting. Uh, there is a point where basically Karen Gillan's character, Sam, uh, finds herself needing, well, l- lacking the use of her arms. Uh, and so this young girl that she's protecting, uh, played by Chloe Coleman, um, is basically trying to help her prepare for a fight. And that whole thing of kind of trying to use the momentum of numb arms to fight people, I thought, okay, that's quite interesting. But again, like there's just nothing really that, that does much for it. And again, you're, you're right, Simon, that is such an interesting concept. And I, I don't really think is something that we've seen properly before. I mean, the only thing that comes to mind maybe is Kill Bill when she comes out of her coma and is trying to get to the, yeah. uh, to the pussy wagon. But even then, the idea of it was better than the execution. That's it. It's just, yeah, didn't feel, yeah, I don't know. Disappointment. Disappointment mm. all around. Say, there's only so much that a decent cast of you know female leads and, and some nice neon lighting can get you. When bad movies happen to good actors. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be one which... Well, apparently this is getting a sequel. Well, yeah. No, see, thank I also, you. Well, yeah. I, I found it so quick because I don't know whether you guys saw this, but it was very obviously setting up for a sequel. And I was just like, please, no. <laughs> Please, no, because it just, no. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Thing is... And this is the thing, isn't it? And this is like the really horrible thing, because, you know, Charlotte, for the whole episode, you've been saying, and rightfully so, you know, give us these original ideas, give us the original IP, but sometimes this original IP can be really bad. (laughs) It's it's that whole thing of like, it's a you said as well, it's a collage of its influences. But you can see the seams. It's like a Frankenstein's monster of all these other films that we love. Yeah. yeah. But you, you know, Frankenstein was horrified by his creation and left it alone. Um, so that's what we should do with this film. Yeah. <laughs> so in this case, Navot Purple Shadows decided, oh, yeah, you know what? We need another monster. <laughs> it, and this is really bad because, you know, I, I absolutely adore it when, you know, there's a female-led film and they're kicking ass and they're you know having a great time but all the way throughout that film i just kept thinking to myself right when's john wick 4 coming out because mm, atomic blonde um, that atomic sequence blonde. in the yeah. stairwell yeah exactly breathtaking you know it just it just made me long for a film where the action is really really well done and you know john wick is some as silly as the sequels have gotten still serves that yeah. In droves and does it really, really well. I mean, and we know he, in the in the third one, he killed someone with a book for God's sakes. Like, give me more of that. Give me that. I want that. Yeah. And the thing is, we know all of those actresses can do action, like Karen Gillan yeah. in uh, Jumanji, yeah, dance fighting. Give me yeah. some of that. <laughs> yeah. Dance fighting. Oh my god. Yeah. But yeah, and like, yeah. I mean, Michelle Yeoh has proven her chops time and time again. Mm. And like, yeah. I mean, the. One point where I thought, oh no, don't do that. Because there is a point where this film invokes the Raid 2, which is where uh, Angela, Bassett, uh, Angela Bassett finds herself armed with two claw hammers. And there yeah. is a very kind of memorable character in the Raid 2 who does exactly that and uses them as weapons in the most brutal, nasty way possible. 
And I just thought, did anybody watch The Raid 2? And just like, you know that bit? Do that bit. If you're going to copy wholesale, just do that. It just felt, oh, very frustrating. It did feel, uh, yeah, the violence also seemed quite stripped back as well. I don't know whether that was a rating thing or whatever. I don't know. Um, Maybe uh, it was from from one of the studios involved. Who knows? Okay. (laughs) On to the next one. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, I'm looking forward to stopping talking about it because I will forget this film existed until the sequel comes out. That's it, yeah. And it won't. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I say either it's going to come out and do absolutely nothing, which it looks like it's probably going to be the case, or it's going to do another straight to on demand, and we're going to be talking about it on a hot and streamy sometime in two years. Um, I will veto that. And make sure <laughs> yeah. Alex is surprisingly absent two years hence. That's. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Ofsted. <laughs> oh, guys, don't leave me here. Just talking about Gunpowder Milkshake 2. This time there's even less acting. Oh, God. But, I mean, how, how does a film ruin... How does a film waste Michael Smiley? Like, how, how is that even possible? They wasted Paul Giamatti. You know what wasted I'm saying? Paul Giamatti. And they wasted Ralph Innocent. It just made him go... Right, no, just do you know what? Simon, that's an insult to the rest of the cast. They wasted everybody. They wasted let's everybody. just, yeah. let's I feel just like we get talked it down. About everybody being wasted. Let's just okay. Let's do the list. Karen Gillan wasted. <laughs> Lena Headey wasted. <laughs> I mean, no, we could just. Carry I on. forgot. I even forgot that Lena Headey was in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's such a bad thing because of how insane of a presence she is in more or less everything she does. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I just completely didn't even like. Yeah. Oh. Don't. It's making me sad now. Let's stop. Yeah, let's let's stop. Um, well, on that bum note, we we've we've run out of films to talk about. Unless anybody has something up their sleeve, which we can. No, I didn't watch Nightbooks. I know that came out, but I've I've not had time to watch it. So maybe I'll watch that for next week. We'll watch that for next week. One recommendation I was given was Rose Plays Julie, uh, from Callum Cooper, a friend of the show and uh, co-host of Little Women in Black Thunderpants. If you catch that, up. Um, mm-hmm. who said that's very well worth catching. Incredibly dark, apparently, but very good. Uh, if you can find it in a cinema near you, uh, otherwise it's bound to be on demand at some point. So that's his endorsement from <laughs> the three of us. Ah, yes, I'll I'll have a look at that actually. Hmm. But. In short, if you're going to spend two hours watching something on your telly box this weekend, uh, make it the one that uh, everybody's talking about. Yes. Here, here. Well, so say we all, hopefully. Um, but, cool. Do we have any more pressing issues to talk about, uh, Charlotte? Anything more? Any, any more bees in your bonnet? No, just that, you know, the Green Knight's out this week. The Green Knight is out this oh, week. Oh, shit, it is as well. Yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. So we can end it on a positive note just thinking about yeah, it. On a positive note. God, this time next week, guys, we'll have watched. Yeah, I've you know fully... seen it. I fully didn't even think that we were going to have a film to talk about next week, but we do. We do. It's The Green Knight. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, Simon, you're going to watch. I don't know about you, Charlotte. Are you going to watch The Many Saints of Newark? I reckon so, yeah. I'll try okay. to. If I can see it in time. I, I'm hey, desperate to get about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I was thinking next week we could do our little Shang Chi spoiler talky thingy, my Bob. 
because uh, next week is a little more bare. With, it is with a little a, bit. Yeah, um, I'm up for that. So we could do that because it's been a few weeks now since since it came out. Yes, absolutely. We've given people ample time. And to, uh... I should say as well, don't forget, for those of you who are slow on the uptake, uh, we have Film Club 2 Electric Boogaloo uh, oh my coming gosh. in a couple of weeks. I know. Wow. Um, and that is going to be on The Exorcist. So if you haven't caught that yet, please, please do. Uh, and then tell us exactly what you thought about it. I am one of those people, Simon. Oh, yes. Not seen it just yet. And I'll probably leave it till the day of recording. As two hours before. <laughs> um, Why stop now, Alex? Have you got a good thing going? <laughs> it's not because I'm salty that you've won it twice in a row or anything like that. It's fine. I'll pick something truly awful next time around. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yes, well, so next week we will be talking about The Green Knight. We'll be going into the more spoilery territory on Shang-Chi. Uh, anything else for the guys to look out for for next week? Um, I just want to say, if you're a, a British TV fan, have a great week. You know, Enjoy your bake-offs, your drag races, your mm. taskmasters. Yes. It's, a, it's a very wonderful week. I'm off to watch that very shortly, Bake Off. So I will be reporting back next week with my... with my Simon's Bake Off Corner. My freshly yes. baked takes. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure that we will also be there uh, to give our thoughts. The Great British Takeoff. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> that sounds like a weird, a, another weird reality show hosted by Richard Branson. <laughs> Some sort of flying, yeah. Shouldn't we do like a slice of something? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think Bake Off Corner is great. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Bake Off Corner, actually, yeah. Simon's Bake Off Corner, because we, <laughs> we can just put him in a corner every week. <laughs> Nobody puts Bake Off in a corner. <laughs> uh, anyway, on that note... Yeah, we, we should probably go. <laughs> I feel like it's got to that point now where we are just talking. I think talking it got them. to that point an hour and 21 minutes ago. Yeah, quite probably. Did. Quite probably. But uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. As ever, you... Uh, well, you complete us. And uh, we'll catch you next week for, for like we said, that fantastic... <laughs> Bake-off corner discussion, uh, some Shang-Chi spoilers, and of course, The Green Knight. Uh, catch it all on next week's Jumpcast. Until then, bye-bye, Alex. Adios. Bye-bye, Charlotte. Bye. And bye-bye from me. Bye-bye.